0: I'm Holly Tucker, and welcome to my podcast, Conversations of Inspiration. Founder of Not on the High Street and Holly & Co., I'm the UK Ambassador of Creative Small Businesses. I believe that having a business doing what you love is the key to a happy, fulfilled life, and my dream is to help everyone start theirs. I'm here to offer advice, inspiration, wisdom and encouragement. And in my view, the greatest way to do this is by sharing stories. So I've reached out to all my favourite small businesses, acclaimed entrepreneurs and those who just simply inspire me and ask them to share theirs. With thanks to our sponsor NatWest, who have helped bring this free podcast to life. Here are my conversations of inspiration.
1: Bow your head and let
0: your eyelids close on down where we're going. Today's conversation with Gemma Metcalf-Beckers, founder of Motherhood, was utterly enlightening and emotional. Gemma so bravely shared the story behind her Strong Girls message, as well as her amazing upbringing as part of the Strong Girls Club, with a powerhouse of a mother leading by example. From starting the business on just £400 to building a community of nearly 100,000 people on Instagram whilst growing a business, Gemma shares with us what it means to be an entrepreneur whilst bringing up young children. Two Strong Girls. Recounting the highs and the lows, Gemma shares her lessons in such a brilliant and totally tangible way. I know this episode will help and inspire so many as Gemma bravely shares her heartbreakingly emotional journey and physical survival through childbirth and the strength needed to navigate the traumas of PTSD. Gemma so eloquently describes her journeys and what she's gone through. It was just totally an honour. Hi Gemma. Hi. What a pleasure it is to have you here today and you're in the Holly & Co workshop in Twickenham and I have, just to put it out there, a huge girl crush on you. Okay, so I love following you on Instagram. I find you thoroughly inspiring. And I often wear my strong girl's tee and I'm wearing mine today. And we're going to talk about that later. And you're wearing yours, of course, always, always um, (laughs) when out and about and in business meetings. And I know I shared with you, I even wore it to number 10 on International Women's Day this year, which was great. And I thought I was going to be full of a whole room of all these women with their, you know, what they mean on their chests and i was the only one so that was a a moment in time i didn't mind i loved wearing it it did the job it stuck out so yeah, perfect. yes so thank you so much and i know so many other women especially mums you inspire too so i couldn't wait to interview you for conversations of inspiration and thank you for coming to, to me to my home oh honestly thank you so much i'm a massive
1: massive fan and i'm trying really hard to calm down and not be so shaky but it does feel a bit um like a dream come true so oh thank well you. that's
0: so nice for you to say well i'm shaking and, and 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 excited so we're both excited together we need to calm down not drink the caffeine that's next <laughs> to us so let's begin with your journey leading up to now, if we may. As I read you were raised by a strong woman, could you tell us a bit more about your childhood and growing up?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I was raised by my mum, Barbara, who is a phenomenal force. She's also Dutch, which I think definitely helps as it well. Does yes. um, So um, my parents split when I was four. And I was raised by my mum who went to work in the city. And I would watch her every morning go off with her briefcase and her shoulder pads, because that's what you did in those days. And she was one of very few women who worked in IT in the city. And I remember playing dress up. And I never really played dress up as a princess or as a fairy or anyone, you know, who who perhaps wanted to be saved. I dressed up as my mum and I'd get a little briefcase and I'd drag it along because she utterly inspired me. And I remember thinking about this, you know, as as my children have come along, And remembering and really suddenly appreciating how never once whilst I was growing up did I question my ability because I was a woman. And that was because I was raised by an incredibly strong woman who was, you know, she was the one on the ladder wallpapering with the Care Bear wallpaper, getting the drill out. Anything needed to get done, Barbara would get it done. And so I never questioned my
0: ability based on my gender because I was raised by such a strong woman. And did she even ever talk to you about it? Did she ever, you know, was there any chat in the household about her being a single mum or her being this woman or you, like girls in general? Did you talk about that? I just, I think she just
1: got on with it. And I wonder if that's in part her Dutchness as well. You sort of, she ended up in quite a not great, great situation, with all of the responsibility and as the sole provider of me, and she just focused on making that work rather than on worrying about how it was going to work. And I think later on as I grew up, there were a few conversations mainly instigated by me as I realised how difficult it must have been for her, but how
0: incredible she was at just making sure I had a really good childhood. I think we do realise that, don't we, as we grow up. I remember, I think I was sort of 17, 18, and actually just like a light bulb moment, Mm. realising, oh, you know, my mum brought me up. This could have been hard work. And actually almost turning the tables and saying thanks mum mm. for being my mum you know it's that moment that you sort of it dawns on you oh my goodness yeah. this could be a lot of hard work.
1: But it's you- true I did have to get past the um, age of 17 in order to appreciate that I will admit that 17 16 17 18 were not my finest years but I think she did an incredible job and she was quite young as well so I'm trying to I'm, I'm awful with numbers but I feel like she was about 22 when she had me and wow, four yeah. years later my dad left and she just made it her absolute mission for us to have a really good time as well as to have a really good start just I had so much fun with her she was my is you know is my best friend and also an incredible role model and she continues to be that with my grand with my children so her grandchildren as well she's just a really incredible female figure for them to to have in their lives and
0: I'm very grateful And it's and I'm such admiration for single mothers just generally doing it alone. It's hard enough being a parent and it's hard enough working. And then when you've got that added complexity, it is just so admirable. Growing up, what were you most interested in? We talk a lot about helping children find their diamonds here at Holly & Co. What would you say your passions were as a child? And were you able to pursue them at school?
1: No, I found it really difficult. And looking back on it, I felt like the schools that I went to required you to either have, like we were saying, either the left brain or the right brain. And they didn't encourage you to be split between the two. And I felt like I moved between the two quite a lot. One side of me really wanted to go into science, go and be a doctor, probably watched ER too many times. (laughs) And then the other side of me really wanted to be an artist. And I feel like the school system pushes you in a pathway really early on, you know, your GCSEs determine your A-levels, which determine your degree your, your degree if you go on and do one and i felt from very early on pushed into going more the science route than i perhaps wanted to and and then for me it sort of switched when I went to university to study anatomical sciences, because I thought, I don't want to commit to being a doctor, but I'll, you know, give it a go, go to a few practicals, I love understand what it's about. Say,
0: I just went, uh, I did not want to commit to doing, probably would blow my brain <laughs> out, you know, you know, understanding what you must have gone through. So did you do the sciences and A-levels? Yeah, so did two
1: sciences and English. As, and was supposed to also do art at the same time but move schools and did anatomical sciences, did quite well for two years and then just got hit by this lightning bolt moment of feeling like all I was doing was regurgitating what the textbook told me to and that I wasn't actually implementing any independent thought of my own. There was this massive side of me that was just desperate to be creative And that wasn't being satisfied by the degree that I was doing. So much to my poor mum's dismay, and to this day I really regret never really fully talking her through the whole reasoning and process, I decided to switch courses after two years, which I think hit her like a train. And I went and did broadcasting studies because it felt like it was a really good mix of both things, the creative and the analytical. And I think... I just I feel like with my girls as well when we talk about their future, I don't start talking about you know what they what they want to be when they grow up. We talk about what interests them, what excites them, and we're trying really hard to let them know that careers there's so many different careers that they could try they don't have to do one career for the whole of their life, but whatever they do, it has to be something that makes them want to wake up in the morning and try something and I feel like when I was thirteen, my career's advice and the only careers advice I got was. You are best suited to being a prison officer, which I think was partly down to my <laughs> my, um, my height because I'm six foot three. So obviously that you know has a presence. Yeah, that's um, a prison officer yeah, height. Isn't yeah. it? And then um, and then equally I was told, well, there isn't really a job for you because at that time I did understand that I wanted to do the the sort of science-y and the arts, and they said so our our, our best bit of advice for you really is to. Um, Learn to touch type because we think um, secretary is, you know, if you're not going to do a prison officer, then the secretary would be the way forward. And I learned and I can, you know, bash out a letter really, really quickly because of the touch typing skills. But I, I, felt, I felt lost in what to do for a very, very long time up until only recently that I found a job that works with both quite it's well. It's just,
0: it's quite amazing how, you know, on this podcast, just over 50 interviews and it, it, it staggers me that the careers advice to most people have been: I've had librarians, now we've got a prison officer. Mm-hmm secretaries we've had the most strangest of advice it was like you know here's a list of 20 careers or here's a list of 30 you can just choose from this whereas nowadays when you think about it you know do you want to be a set designer on a film Mm. would you like to make props podcast you know the, the the list goes on there must be thousands of opportunities now and yet my fear is still the list might have grown from thirty, mm-hmm. but has it just grown to sixty? I mm-hmm. don't know. I, I'll I'll know this when Harry goes through his career advice and um, he gets told, um, you know, he's going to become an accountant or something. Well, that's it. I wonder whether or not all schools were using the same computer.
1: Um, database database at the same time which only li- literally meant that there was a whole generation being set
0: up to either be accountants doctors dentists or librarians. prison officers librarians all of that yeah, sort of thing yes and and this led you then that change that you had at um, university led you into a career of broadcasting as a researcher then you moved into fashion buying um, how did you get into that and what was that time like in your life Oh, it's it's quite
1: hilarious. And I think um, what was really funny is I remember talking to my grandfather. So my grandfather um, is from Holland and he went to work for um, a big company and he stayed there. They funded him to go to university. He was very, very clever, mad scientist, incredibly clever. And he just stayed with that company for the whole of his existence in his life. And I remember talking to him and being, being like, oh, Oprah, um, I'm going to I've decided I want to be a doctor. I've decided I want to do this. I've decided I want to work in TV. I've decided I want to go into fashion buying. And he just and what was fascinating about him is that you would expect him to say you're being ridiculous, please follow my same path. But he was such an empowering man to have in our lives that he would be like if you do it well, just do it. You know, absolutely do whatever makes you happy, but make sure you do it well. Um so at that point I was I had quite a few years of experience in television was on a certain pathway and had a break in contracts for about two months because it was quite freelance based as an industry and um, went and did work experience, proper old school, for a high street retailer and did that for two weeks and just worked as hard as I possibly could and as a result of that they then gave me a job which was amazing and I learnt a lot from them.
0: And did you instantly know, right, I want to be in fashion? No, I wanted to be, I wanted to work for that brand. Ah.
1: I was obsessed with that brand. I loved everything about it. What was the brand? So white stuff. Yes. So it's conversational prints, it's handwriting, the feeling that it felt still, because it was set up by two guys, so the feeling that it still felt small, homegrown, but really nurturing and wonderfully creative. But I committed everything to it. Every waking hour I would work there and I would want to learn everything. I wanted to learn from the garment techs who are basically like the superheroes of fashion buying because they make sure that your T-shirt fits beautifully. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to learn from the designers and the buyers and about fabric composition and testing. And so I I wasn't there hugely long before I fell pregnant with my first, but I was there long enough to just absorb everything that I possibly could from them, which then meant when I went on to doing my own tees, I knew that I wanted to do it as well as they did um, so I wanted to make sure that it was top-notch quality great fit didn't shrink in the wash that the print didn't crack that although I might be small um, I wanted to make sure that customers felt like they were getting good good return on their spend and, and not having wasteful product and so
0: and so you had this job that you clearly loved mm-hmm. and and i bet you, you sound like an absolutely ideal employee as well wanting to you were curious about mm. everything and you wanted to absorb everything and you had your first child the first of your two wonderful girls that you call the reds mm-hmm. um, because of their glorious red hair and yes. um, you speak so eloquently and openly on instagram about this time in your life as it's where you hit a spiral of self-doubt after having your first child and I'm sure so many women listening to this podcast can resonate with that tell me about this moment as I said many people have gone through times are very difficult at this period of their of their lives but they don't really talk about it and that actually led you to starting your business
1: yeah it was definitely the catalyst for it I'd say that everything came beforehand is like a layer to a fantastic ombre rainbow cake and where I'm at (laughs) at the moment is my fantastic rainbow ombre cake Um, but but sort of the experience in TV and then in um, fashion, then meant that I could do what I'm doing. But it was all down to the experience that I had whilst having my two girls, who are absolutely wonderful, but they fundamentally shifted something inside me that I'm still dealing with day to day. Um, So after I had my first, I'd probably say that I had um, postnatal anxiety and postnatal depression, which is sadly more common than I think people realise. And I just wasn't prepared for any of it. So I read a couple of pregnancy books. I was so in love with my job at the time that um, I didn't quite realise that I was going to have a baby. I'd also been told from a young age that I wouldn't have children naturally so it was all a bit of a a shock and a surprise and I think everything about motherhood felt a bit overwhelming and surprising but I managed to work through that and then I had my second that I was completely excited about and just so excited about the potential healing powers of her as well because my first had quite chronic reflux which I think is incredibly stressful when the doctors don't believe you and there's a lot of screaming and you you know it's the worst thing in the world being a mum and not being able to comfort or soothe your baby and not realizing that there's a reason why that you're being sort of ignored as a mum and your voice is being ignored as a mum because you're just a silly first-time mum and I had my second and unfortunately the birth was hideously traumatic so um she was I'm going to try not to cry when I talk about this so Mm -hmm. it might come out a bit robotic Mm -hmm. when I do talk as well because I'm just trying very hard not to get emotional about it but I think effectively what happened is she was breech um and I was having a c-section and it was elective and the reason for that was that between the two pregnancies I'd had a DVT and a miscarriage and once you've had a DVT in pregnancy then you're on blood thinners to make sure you don't have it again, because actually having a DVT is quite common whilst you're pregnant because of the oestrogen levels. And so I had the planned C-section. She was breached, but they thought that she was head down. And they went about their business, but didn't do it correctly because they didn't understand her positioning. And I hemorrhaged, um, and I lost um, just over four litres of blood in under a minute. And I think your capacity before before you're pregnant is about five litres, so it's quite a large volume. And it was all very stressful, very harrowing. You hear an awful lot in that situation. So you hear people talking about removing the womb, getting rid of this. Can you find this? There's another bleed. Where's this? You hear your anaesthetist who, believe you me, was amazing. And I think all anaesthetists need to wear crowns because the, the people at that end, their job is to sort of stem what's happening. The people near your head are the ones who are really trying to get you to fight through it. So I remember hearing her talking to... Quite a junior person on the phone who said, oh, you know, the the blood bank can only get it here in 40 seconds. That's, you know, it's going to be 40 seconds. And and her saying, well, if it's not here in under 40 seconds, she won't be here, so there's no point bringing it. So they bring it now or they don't bring it at all. Um, But because of the reflux that my firstborn had encountered, then um, when I was finally back with my baby after they'd managed to do their magic, I just spent the whole of the first year absolutely in love with my youngest and just relishing every moment of her and refusing to remind myself of what happened in that theatre, in that operating theatre. And um, it was on her first birthday and something just clicked. Her birthday just opened the floodgates and um, I found myself with PTSD due to birth trauma. And that has taken a really long time to say because I thought that PTSD was just what soldiers got after they'd been on war zones. I had no idea that it could happen due to birth. It's supposed to be the most celebrated moment in life. You've, you know, you've given life, you've had a baby. Everyone says congratulations, but you're just there thinking, oh, I didn't die. This is, how I didn't die. That's amazing. Um, and so I've been having or have had EMDR treatment, which is absolutely amazing. And if, what is that? Well, like? so it's like you're replicating REM sleep, so they either do it via touch or through movement, where you move your eyes and you recall. So I've spoken a lot about this on my Instagram. That there's a film called Inside Out, which is wonderful for all children to watch and adults to watch about emotional development and how emotions happen in children. And I think it's like a Pixar sort of animation it's film. Fantastic. It's
0: fantastic. Really where good. Where every emotion has a character, doesn't it? And yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. So you've got um, your emotions in head office. So you've got happiness, or is it joy? Sadness fear and all of these little funny creatures and you'll have an experience and the experience will be packaged really neatly in a in a globe that will go into hq they'll then process it and filter it off and funnel it off into libraries where it'll be stored neatly calmly and you will recall it as and when you want to and you're in control of that and the way that i explain ptsd is that 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 experience doesn't come as a little globe. It's broken. And out of it comes some sort of horrible Grim Reaper-type figure, a bit like a Death Eater from Harry Potter. And it just stays in HQ and it looms. And you can just be driving along. Often for me, it was driving along, going round a roundabout. And I think the sensation of going round the roundabout is quite similar to losing consciousness with with your body. And this figure just sort of jumps out at you and demands your attention. And you recall the experience, not watching it, but actually in it again and what EMDR is trying to do is trying to get you to view that experience um, again and again and again but trying to process it so that not ignore it but to just be able to understand what happened and to push it further into the
0: library rather than having it looming all the time. How eloquent are you? I mean (laughs) my goodness me I have never heard and I'm sure everyone listening has never heard it being described so beautifully and i'm so sorry that you went through all of that but actually just today being able to hear that experience and how it has manifested in you and what you have done i know will help so many right now the grim reaper the harry potter character coming in you you know out of nowhere it then is in your mind. You don't know how it's been triggered. It's it's come back. As you said, I think post-traumatic stress, I think we all do think it's something, you know, that the soldiers had this. And mm-hmm. it's just been, you've gone through this this period of your life where you're, you're healing yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you there yet? Or is it in vast improvements? You're in the, as you said, you're in the rainbow cake element of yes. your life. Um, tell me about that and how you've moved from, what has been such a journey by the sounds of it into this positioning. So I think, um, the biggest thing I learned from
1: all of that, and I feel like having been raised by my mum, who just got on with stuff, was quite a brilliant example, really, because I felt like that. what that experience taught me is that I needed to have more confidence in my voice. I should have shouted more. I should have said help. I, sh- I should have had more confidence to say, no, stop, all of these things. And as I look at my young girls entering this world, I want to make sure that if they're ever in that kind of situation again, that they have the confidence of self-worth to, to use their voice and to value themselves enough to use it and I was at the time on Instagram which I didn't really understand as a platform in all honesty to begin with it just looked like a bit of an odd Pinterest um, but I found <laughs> a group of wonderful women who I think are really well known so Mother Pucker, Clemmie Hooper, Clemmie Telford, all of these sorts who were just talking their motherhood and I hadn't seen that before and I thought well my motherhood can't be that weird you know there must be other people who have gone through this and since starting it I, I know that there are there are lots of people who watch my stories and they say thank you because they didn't realize that's what they were struggling with but are now getting help which is amazing so I started to share my version of my motherhood and my wish and how I wanted to raise my girls which is to be incredibly strong And because I'd done fashion buying before, I I knew that garments and produce were actually the fastest vehicle for spreading that message and the best way of spreading it. So I launched a few T-shirts alongside what was my chat. That was that was the main Mm -hmm. thing. So what's happened is I've managed to build a brand based on Strong Girls Club, but its foundations are all to do with the community that was built before and is continuing to grow behind it. Um, and I always talk about how thankful I am to those who follow me on Instagram for the growth of the business, because actually it's because of our dialogue and our conversation that something that could just be seen as words on a T-shirt actually has real depth and meaning to everyone who, who sort of buys into it.
0: Well, what a year it's been. We've taken the podcast on the road for the first time, welcoming Thomasina Myers, Levi Roots and Mark Constantine so far. But our final stop for this tour this year will be on the 21st of November at The Hub in Edinburgh with Charlie Gladstone, the founder of Peddlers and the Good Life Experience. The evening will include wonderful entertainment, magical Holly & Co details and a fantastic opportunity to shop small business, drink a delicious tipple or two, mingle with like-minded people, make new friends and I will ensure you'll be thoroughly and utterly inspired. I believe that One Conversation has the ability to change the course of your life forever and I want it to be mine. So don't delay, get your ticket to Conversations of Inspiration, the podcast live from Edinburgh in partnership with the Royal Bank of Scotland. This is the last live episode for this year, so make sure you don't miss out. Head to holly.co to get your ticket today. Every week, there's an opportunity to have your very own ad break on this podcast, and it's all thanks to our partner NatWest. NatWest's mission is to empower entrepreneurs, and so they're offering their very own ad break on this very podcast to any small business listening to help promote themselves for free. For your chance to win this incredible opportunity worth thousands and thousands of pounds, take that leap of faith and send in your small business advert to independentadbreak at holly.co or find out more information on our website. This week's winner on the NatWest Independent Ad Break is We've Got You. Over to you.
1: Hi, we're Matt and Alex from We've Got You. A business all about supporting mental health. Our mental health can be difficult to talk about with others, so we asked, what if there was a way to give support without a word having to be spoken? We say a lot through what we choose to wear, so we decided to make T-shirts, ones that did the talking for us. Our T-shirts have a common symbol, an asterisk, because it stands for something going on underneath, beyond face value. And our T-shirts have a common purpose, to create a connection between people, create solidarity and support, so no one ever feels alone in what they're feeling. We give five pounds from every sale to support grassroots mental health causes, but the real impact is in the wearing. We could all make a difference to someone else's well being just by them seeing us as we pass them in the street. We'd love you to come and join us and join in. You'll find us at www.wevegotyou.co.uk and on social at we've got you co. We've got you. Clothing that wears its head on its sleeve and speaks up about mental health.
0: like to take NatWest up on their generosity and be listened to by thousands of people, take that leap of faith and send in your small business advert to independentadbreaks at holly.co. We're looking for the wonderful stories that only small businesses can tell and have created more information on exactly what we're looking for on our website holly.co. What have you got to lose? Get recording. I can't wait to have a listen. Now back to Conversations of Inspiration. You sort of kick-started this sort of revolution of mums speaking out, actually being human and and being proud of their imperfections and their experiences. And you, you created the hashtag Mother Like No One Is Judging. Which others, other mothers, and people share, and they share their experiences, and it's just, it's just an amazing thing. Because if you think about how long ago, five, six, I don't know, this sort of element of sharing true life motherhood. What, how long ago? Do would you say? I feel like when I had my first,
1: it wasn't really around. It was after my second, so I feel like seven years ago, it wasn't really around. I feel like.
0: Maybe four or five years ago is when it started to, to gain. really. So you just and think about that, and you think about the change and how our mothers and you know the the tool that this is for people to be able to share through stories to gain that confidence. It's just amazing. And how did the idea of your genius strong girls T-shirt come about?
1: That was that was again all to do with wanting to talk about you can go through really awful experiences in life and they they can be like shifting and changing and they can be seen as, you know, you can be seen as weak in those moments, but at the same time, you can be incredibly strong. I had an awful experience and I genuinely thought I was going to die. And then the next minute I wasn't and I thought, you know what? I am stronger than than I could perceive myself to be. I am incredibly strong to have fought that. And I want to make sure that, Women everywhere recognise how strong they are and just really believe that and feel empowered in order to believe that. I think sometimes, you know, when I worked in television, it was an, a, quite a difficult time for women to make sure that they earned the same as their male counterparts. And a lot of that was down to the fact that the women didn't necessarily have the confidence of worth to, to demand the, the equal pay. And I really want to encourage
0: my girls to really stick
1: up for themselves.
0: And I, you know what, it's interesting, you say, you were just talking there, and I, and it just flicked me back to um, a few experiences I've had in my career. And I suppose I've never, I mean, this sounds bizarre doing this on a podcast, really, but sharing. I suppose I've never gone, you know what, Holly, you're absolutely bloody strong. Because I just flicked through to a ghastly p- point in my life and in my career, and I think, I forget about that now. You know, that's just something that happened but you're right you know if I actually do think about it every day just a little gold star before we start the day just so you know I haven't forgotten Holly that you did that and you got through that and just before we started you've already got a gold star just for being here for doing this it's an amazing thing and I don't think as you said women do do that they put it down to experience and they put it behind them because guess what the washing needs to be done and the you need to get out and the school run has to go and you know whatever it is it's that incredible thing that you're very right to highlight the gold star first thing just for being here for you being alive for you know got through that moment to be able to be here today do you know what i think everyone should start the day by putting destiny is it destiny's child i'm a survivor yes it beyonce
1: i can't remember if it was i think it's
0: it's before it's before because you know even with her amazing body that they are 19 year olds on that beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think every woman should play that before they start because it doesn't, you know,
1: it doesn't have to be massively overwhelmingly dramatic, whatever you've gone through. But we've all gone through something that's challenged us and has made us feel lower than low, but we've come out the other side and we've continued and we've we've got up and we've tried again. And I think that is something
0: we should celebrate about. That's a ourselves. Beyonce moment. Well, there we go. Straight yes, away yeah. gold star and Beyonce. So well, glitter and Beyonce perfect, first thing. This yeah. is good. And for anyone listening who may not have seen these beautiful t-shirts that we're wearing you're wearing a jumper they are graphical with the message strong girls club and it's worn by children of all ages new mothers mothers matching with their minis i've seen teams of women wearing them on your insta women competing in charity runs women going through chemo it must be so inspiring for you to see your product not only just worn but worn with this emotion and these strong women in the actual garments going through good and bad experiences are you are you proud it you must have so many stories now you must be yeah beyonce and and gold starring all over the place yeah it's I mean it's a funny thing because I cry a lot
1: because I get an awful lot of incredible DMs from people who have found meaning it meaning in it as they're going through um, very challenging experiences they're all just so so incredible and it's it's difficult to explain to anyone who doesn't who hasn't built a brand in this way the the depth of meaning in it the connection that people have with it just the pure wonder of all of these women who dm or message or comment or email me they allow me access to their life and i feel incredibly honored to have little windows and insights into their lives and to be a part of it and i remember talking to someone else about this who said oh well, you know what do you do all day? And I said, I I reply, I reply, all day, I reply. If you have given me the time to message me a bit about your daughter or your experience or the fact that you've gone on a run to raise money for Tommy's, I have the desire and the need to make you know that you have been seen and you have been seen by me and that I see you and I'm really thankful that you've shared your experience with me.
0: Mm. It's an amazing thing, and I'm going to go on to this about building a business this way. Because, you know, go back 10 years, 20 years, this is alien. This is alien territory, isn't it? You know, that we're talking about. But actually, it is the future. So, just going still back to the early days, and I read that you started your business with £400 to print the t shirts. What was that like in terms of £400, you know, you've had this experience in a bigger business, so you sort of know what you're dealing with here and wanting to create a business out of your Instagram following that was growing. Tell me about those really early moments. What did people do? How did it happen? What was their tipping point? Um, well um I am a bit of a worry bot
1: mainly I think so I am um, quite frugal with my money I'm very worried about overspending and um, what I did is I had my little 400 pounds and I thought well I'm just gonna try something but at no point am I losing any more money than that so in the first year I didn't take money out of the business because I was just so um, obsessed with like reinvesting it and making sure that it could it could grow and so everything would be sort of incremental so I set up an online store because I knew a lot of small businesses, I think, make the possible mistake of just doing direct sales through small little Facebook pages that don't have a website landing page. And I knew that what I wanted is ease of sales, so ease of access for customers. So I set up a little platform with Big Cartel, um, which at the time I think was free if you only uploaded one image per product and you had a maximum of six products or something like that. So we started off really small. I took all my own photos and I really concentrated on using Instagram as the best marketing tool. Tool it could be in order to spread the message so I am quite obsessed with crafty things and other small businesses anyway so I just used it rather than being frightened of it and thinking oh how do I use it I went on and found loads of people that I liked and enjoyed and I chatted to them and I shared their stuff on my stories which had literally that's another thing to talk about actually because I had literally just launched mm-hmm. as I started mm-hmm. my business um, and I made sure to build my own little community that would then help spread the word because I think it's sometimes easy to sit when you start your own business in your little bubble press live and be like where is everybody where have they all gone and what you really really want to capitalize on is effectively peer-to-peer marketing you want word on the street you want recommendations you want oh i've got this t-shirt you should get this t-shirt or oh you've just had a baby that t-shirt would
0: really you know you want the word of mouth to spread it's interesting you say that you say when we started not on the high street i think we actually had the same moment but we didn't have social media Mm. so we pressed the green button with no social media and went hello (laughs) anyone there anyone fancy knowing what not on the oh high street God. and I say I don't think anyone knows we're here and it's like well, well of course not Holly you just pressed a green button there was no social media you were making £30 a day that's because your mum was the only person telling anybody that not on the high street existed don't you just
1: love mums for that though aren't <laughs> oh they just the best mums. in
0: the world my mums. mum has every single item that I have ever made
1: and she wears it round our local village and I get DMs from people being like I've seen this woman wearing your t-shirt and she's like not 30 she's definitely like I'm sure she
0: had a grandchild with her and she was wearing your t-shirt and I'm always there like yeah mum go on yeah Good that's girl. my mum yeah. <laughs> used to go around craft fairs all over the country and she would take leaflets and she'd go to craft fairs but then she'd go around the car park where everyone's cars were and she'd put the leaflet underneath the windscreen wiper and then she'd be hurried off by the security guards but she would just still do it so I that everyone her. I mean just <laughs> bless and you, you you definitely harness the power of Instagram to grow your success. And it was almost this perfect storm, wasn't it? As you had this incredible outlet to share your experiences, you were creating this movement with the Strong Girls Tea and and then creating your business today. And I spoke recently at the congregation about what we call the three C's Mm -hmm. content, community and commerce and how important the combination of them are. But it is also a very tricky territory. You have over 90,000 followers on Instagram, which is phenomenal. And you've grown this incredible community on your platform. And for anyone that is a small business listening, I'm wondering what advice and tips that you would give, because, you know, it's not a numbers game. You know, so I recently did a post about liking and all those sorts of things. It is a very good business tool. Mm -hmm. So I don't agree that you should never know. I think on the back end, you should know if you are going to do deals with bigger businesses, etc., but I'm wondering if you have any advice because sometimes people say, oh, all content should just be organic and it shouldn't be planned and there shouldn't be any real rhyme or reason. For me personally, there is a lot of rhyme and reason behind all my posts and it I work hard at writing, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it doesn't, I don't have a life that it just can happen whenever. So I do have to be more planned. Can mm-hmm. you... Talk a a bit about this, because I think that um, if you believe, and I do, we built Holly & Co on Instagram, Mm -hmm. it's one of the most phenomenal tools, free tools, really, that we have. Mm. How have you gone about it? I cannot tell you how much I love that platform.
1: I absolutely love it. For business, I think it's incredible. Um, Not just for the way that you can use it as a business, but for meeting other small businesses as well. I have the best friendships with people like Harriet from Space Masks, Claire from delicious monster tea, who I think you know who does the oh, hand absolutely. embroidery, I know both um, yes. you know Vicky from impolife and they they 're all just amazing women that really inspire me and I think, well, if without instagram i wouldn 't have met these people you know the The reason why we sell on not on the high Street is because Claire absolutely raved about you guys because she also sells on them whereas if i if i hadn 't had Instagram, I would never have known that or had that information, and the way that I use Instagram is it is, a, it is a phenomenal marketing tool for my business and I, I approach it like that. So I turn off notifications on my phone because I only access it during working hours. I see my grid as my lookbook, my portfolio. They're quite slightly more polished imagery or they're using images from my followers to show what kind of community there is behind the brand. And generally, all of my posts say more than just buy my stuff, buy my stuff, because I'm disengaged by that. If I feel like I'm being sold to, I just Mm -hmm. absolutely walk on by. So for me, a grid post is showing my product but its th- its purpose is to drive conversation and to drive conversation between me and my followers and between my followers themselves as well um, and then stories which I was saying before is just wonderful absolutely wonderful and that literally came into Instagram in the UK I think about a month or two after we started I absolutely threw myself into stories i did it all on a black and white filter to start with because i felt like that was a bit of a, a safety barrier because i'm not of the selfie generation i'm mm, i'm not mm, comfortable same. with all of that stuff mm. my facebook is pretty bland i can i sometimes sort of share gardening posts or how to you know plant tulips that sort of thing there is no selfie ream of photos and i was talking to someone else about this recently actually for me stories is like i'm showing my following that i know them So it's a little bit about me the backstory of my business the background of it all which I think is what's so wonderful about it is that you can show like how do I pack what packaging do I use the fact that we've moved to compostable mailers and all those sort of things but then I'm also showing them oh you might like this cake recipe or I think you'd really love that small business as well because I know you and I know that you like embroidery Um, what about this music do you like this music and so I kind of make sure that that my, my grid is sort of core to the brand and core to the message and then the the story sort of go around them like this wonderful, colourful rainbow um, Mm. of of happiness that really entertains Mm. them. And I just think it's the most incredible tool. And I think what's challenging for a lot of small businesses is they don't approach it in that way. They don't use stories, which I think is, Mm. uh, you know, Mm. you you must, you must. And then there's obviously this difficulty where you don't get the swipe up function until you've hit 10,000 followers, Mm. which Mm. I think is quite crucial for a lot of businesses to get the immediate purchasing
0: from so how many stories do you do a day do you have a number
1: no it's funny so I tend to plan my grid posts a bit like you to make sure because I want to make sure that I'm saying something more than just buy my stuff so it's Mm. to be Mm. it's more curated like that and with stories um I maybe sometimes I might do sort of like 10 a day, 12 a day. Sometimes I might do five. I tend not to do them on a Wednesday or a Sunday. Um, If I do, it's generally sharing other small businesses that I really enjoy. Because actually, I think, you know, in the world nowadays, we're there's so much demand on us to be available all the time, which is why I have a rule about no notifications, because I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's healthy to always be present and always be on and switched on. And so it might seem that my stories make it look like I'm always there chatting to my phone. But what you'll probably see is that they're actually almost vignetted in terms of it sounds very posh but almost in terms of content so they're talking about something i'm doing something i i've decided to go to waitrose and run around in a unicorn onesie today and that will give you five stories of me running around in a unicorn onesie but then that's you know 20 minutes of my life and then the rest of the day is me with my children
0: yeah it's it's so interesting and i think that this new medium for many people listening and how to harness it to be fantastic for your business there isn't a rule book if this is a medium that needs to look good inspire people mm-hmm. you have need to put that effort in so I think really interesting that sort of point where and then I turn it off on the Wednesday turn it off on the Sunday I do not put the notifications on my phone I actually do plan it I do have stories where I look at it like a rainbow around my business which is what are those other areas that are going to interest my community it's not Mm -hmm. just about me Mm -hmm. but it's about the golden thread running through all of our lives what are those bits so I think that's going to be really really great tips for people I also wanted to ask your opinion on when you are the brand too So I spoke to Fern Cotton on this podcast about the pressures of that. You do share a lot of elements of your life on social and your brand is based on being transparent and wonderfully engaging and your personality. Do you ever feel pressure to share and how do you separate that sort of business and personal life? I remember I can't remember whose quote
1: it was about they go to bed with Gilda and they wake up with me. And so my biggest concern was that anybody would meet me in the street would be disappointed because I would be nothing like the person I was portraying on Instagram. So I made a real commitment very early on to be me, be absolutely transparently me, so that nobody could meet me in the street and be like, oh, she's a bit grumpy, isn't she? She's a bit boring. She's nothing like her persona that she sort of throws at us at Instagram. And that was my biggest concern, actually, was disappointing anyone who might meet me in real life. For me, I'm very well aware that not everybody who follows me is my friend. There are some people out there who are not incredibly nice people. And I had an experience recently where I work with a wonderful printer locally to me, and they are like, my absolute rock in driving this business forward. And they phoned me up the other day and they were saying, oh, well, so we've had this lady, you know, let's say her name's Deborah... Um, she's she's called us, apparently your kids go swimming every Thursday and she sits with you on the third row up. And, you know, it's she, and there was just enough information out there for this woman who lives 150 miles away to lie about us being friends in order to gain information about my business. And, and, you know, for her, she just wanted to know what stock I sold, that sort of thing, to gain some information in order to set up her own business. But it was enough to make me think, hmm, I've got to be quite careful about what I present on on social Oh my
0: goodness, I'm shocked to hear that.
1: Yes, so um I always talk about how I don't use my children's names. They're called Big Red and Little Red for a reason. It's because I want I want to make sure that if if my children are in public, someone who might not necessarily have the best intentions doesn't know enough information.
0: Mm-hmm. to get their mm-hmm. attention and to take them mm-hmm. away so
1: um we use a po box address which i think all small businesses mm-hmm. should do and you should pay for that
0: oh crikey i, um, I i'm i'm bad on both accounts so far so it's freaking me out carry on um, carry on and i'm um, gonna get three three strikes no. and i'm out no but i just think it's sometimes about having that
1: awareness that it you is. might want to be everyone's friend but not everyone's going to be your friend and the the online world can be quite a scary place that you might not consider daily because we're not those type of people um but i i I do think that i want to prioritize my children's safety so we put some sort of markers in place so i don't talk about what school they go to i don't use their name and i don't actually always post in real time and that's not actually from a safety aspect that's just more that i'm quite distracted by my ch- you know i live with little red it's no way that you can not pay attention to her because she might actually explode the whole universe if you're not a hundred percent on her <laughs>
0: Right so that's good advice. I'm going to keep concentrating on this interview. While um, I've spoken about Harry forever and we have a shot with oh, it, you no, know those no, things. No, but no, but I know no but I know this is good good information. It's such an interesting thing and you're so right. You know we g- gain these numbers, these fictional numbers on a screen and they are people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's looking and actually very wise to think about. Not everybody is um transparent and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, you know looking at that security around your business mm-hmm. and what people should know and shouldn't know is something that we should take stock of so i'm going to take stock of yeah. it i've oh. gone too far on a couple of measures that's okay <laughs> yeah. but but the point is is that you you're very right and that's a very very good call out do you know the other thing i was thinking
1: the other day was about how important it is as a small business to realize once you've built something that's worth protecting and i think i was quite naive at one point in thinking Well, it's just a little thing. You just call it a thing. Because I actually never set out to build a business. I set out to do a thing. And it's taken me a really long time to call it a business and to accept that that's where we're at at the moment. I think... I had not a great experience with someone trying to sort of take the brand from underneath me. And I found an incredible solicitor who's William from Briffer, who I think works with loads of other small businesses as well. And he gave me the best advice, which is you will spend your time in the beginning trying to build a brand. And then the moment it's successful, you need to spend your subsequent years protecting that brand. And I think lots of us, and I wonder whether or not it's to do with a lack of self-esteem about everything we're creating – especially when you're creative and, and crafty, as you sort of, it's sort of successful, you build something, it exceeds your expectations and you don't then readdress that situation and go, right, it's exceeded my expectations, it's something else, I need to protect that. It is worth protecting.
0: I am worth protecting. Well, I think the imposter syndrome has a lot yeah. to answer for at that point in time. Because I would say the three things that the imposter syndrome is made up of, certainly for women, when running a business, is your financial abilities, numbers, my husband does the books, da, 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 all these sorts of things, which I hear all the time uh the legal side of everything so you know protecting yourself ip being fierce and mother lion about your own company Hmm. um and actually the third is tech i was going to say about the lion it's about understanding that you have
1: like this is my third baby Motherhood and Strong Girls Club is my third baby. I should protect it as fiercely as I would my children. That has been a real step for me in confidence in thinking, no, I'm 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 right to to sort of put the markers in place to protect my intellectual property.
0: You're right. This mother lioness, this I call Holly and Co. my third child, Harry was my first, not on the high street was my second, Holly mm-hmm. and Co. is my third, I will protect it. And I think that these areas, these gremlins, are there and they do create this imposter syndrome which thus means it is a thing you don't call it a business mm. you know you you don't quite do the numbers properly because you're just a bit worried because people told you, you were shit at maths at school yeah. it's been made to look like a dark art and and tech you know uh, you know couldn't possibly do this well funny enough you know you survived a birth and possibly you could code yeah. it's it's <laughs> these things are incredible and i think it's it's so important that the imposter syndrome is squashed but we still walk always live with it you know Mm -hmm. at the end of the day the imposter syndrome drives us as well it's also Mm -hmm. got some beauty around it it makes you a superhero I think but tell me about I wanted to ask you about starting a business and motherhood and I started not in the high street with a three-month-old Harry and it was it should have been terrible I mean it was pretty ghastly at certain times I, I, I will be honest but it did crystallize my purpose I knew I didn't want to go back to a job and I had to make an income. And it was that moment that I knew I was going to miss out on precious moments with my son, but I was doing something else too. There was this bigger purpose, not bigger than Harry, but bigger in a sense that i wanted to provide that i knew that i had a purpose that i had a passion i was going to be a happier mum you know driving something forward and i actually used my time you know when he was sleeping to make business calls or you know push the business forward or and and he's been part of the tapestry of not on the high street and holly and co always and in that case it's also brought him up maybe to be why he's 14 and has his own business what advice would you have out there for mothers out there wanting to start something what would you say to someone who hasn't got the confidence?
1: So um, I had a chat with someone else about this actually and I said um, I do think that if you have a business idea and you're a new mum try and make sure that both work together nicely so that the business idea doesn't become a pressure that places pressure on your new experience as a mother whether or not that's new to being a mother to one to two to three to four you know whenever that idea comes and then ensuring that the idea is sort of your passion and your fun thing to do alongside learning to be a mum as well and I think one thing that I'm realising as I get older is it's really easy to sit there and not do something regret it spend years later worrying and being upset that you didn't try that thing and almost creating this romantic idea of what it would have been like if you tried it that then beats you down because if you'd done that you would have been a multi-millionaire or if you'd if you'd gone out with that boy, you'd now I be like just on say, a it's jet plane. It's a bit,
0: like that. It's yes, a bit of, like that thing. We, of, yes. yes. <laughs> if I had married that person, yes, I, my life would have been much easier. And I
1: obviously don't think like that all the time. Just sometimes I tend to. Um, but I, I am fast realizing that it is so much better to just try it and do something and see how it goes because genuinely I think you regret actually doing something less than if you haven't done it and I think you'll surprise yourself and and that is a a
0: wonderful position to be in it certainly is and also I would say on top of that it's an exciting time to be a woman I know we have a long way to go but when I had Harry for instance flexible working was definitely not a term that I'd heard of when we launched Not in the Heights Street, we had many women join as partners mothers who wanted to make the school sports day wanted to be part of the children and families life more but still needed to earn a living could join the site set the hours that they would run their business and often involved their families into the business and still 95% of partners on the site are women so many of them juggling this world but making it work with over 80 businesses in that time turning over a million pounds a year so we've now got husbands husband's quitting the city to join mm. you know the wife's business and so it's exciting however with being your own boss it's often harder to switch off and to balance that sort of work life phenomenon you know whatever that is and it's a question I'm constantly asked is juggling that world and I'm lucky enough to have Frank now helping and he he left his job many years ago to be that full-time parent to Harry and Harry's now older which it does get you know you get different issues but Mm -hmm. it's it's certainly easier than a two-year-old and a toddler what advice to parents out there about you are raising a family, you're in the throes, you're growing a strong business. Mm-hmm. What happened, you know, if this starts exploding? You know, what, 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 what would you do? Is this a good thing? Are you going to make it all work? Is it going to be kept sort of in a certain size of box? Yes, I remember having a
1: really funny moment with Dom, actually, my other half. And I, I kept, it was me that sort of instigated it where I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to take a moment and go and do motherhood stuff stuff, you know, the thing, the thing. And I remember feeling pulled because I felt like I wasn't really there for my kids and I wasn't really doing very great at our relationship because I was being pulled by this third force. And then I thought, no, I'm not not having this anymore. I'm going to call it my job. This is my business. I am going to split my time equally between all three of you because actually what I'm creating here deserves just as much attention and love from me as you and and my children do in order for me to be happy. That's how it needs to work. And I think one thing that I'm quite shocking at is knowing when to delegate early enough I am a bit of a... Control freak? Well, it's hard because control freak would suggest that I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I, It's more... Do you know what? I think it's more to do with imposter syndrome. A photo came up of us packing everything up, ready to go to the warehouse two years ago to the day, I think yesterday all in boxes. And I should have moved to a warehouse about five months before we actually did. But I thought, oh my God, no, I mean, it was never supposed to be this big. It was never supposed to be this scale. So I sort of ignored the fact that we needed to do that in order to grow. And I remember sitting there with my friend who was like, okay, so how long does it take you to pack an order? I was like, "Mm, one minute, one minute, five seconds, all in. I can do an order in one minute, five seconds. She was like, do you think you can beat that? I said, um, no I've trained hard no that, that's my that's my best packing time she was like okay you have completed being an excellent packer can we please now delegate that and you move on to something else <laughs> I'm like right right okay and the, we had the same conversation what Like, how oh, point oh, she's so that clever when she was like so how long does it take you to reply to all the customer service emails and I was like right right so that takes me all in during the day maybe three and a half hours and she was like okay can you do it any quicker no no I can't okay so delegate it go and give it to someone else so that you can then go and achieve greatness in another area of your business and by allowing me that time, it then meant that I could write a newsletter that week that then drove some revenue or I could take that phone call or I could come here. You know, I, if I hadn't made those changes to my business, I wouldn't have the time in order to advance the business in other ways.
0: It's again, this is going to be such a useful podcast for people. I wanted to ask you, you're bringing your children up. You watched your mother as a strong mum. They're watching you now as a strong mum. And I'm interested to know from your community, and if you've heard the same sort of thing, so watching a small business from the kitchen table grow, looking at mother going out to work and, yes, not being able to tuck their children, you know, the kids in at night – is not a bad lesson and it's actually something that we're giving as almost a gift to their future because it's not going to be as our pasts were. Can you tell me if you've experienced that sort of feedback yourself and, and do you realise what a great role model and that you are following in your mother's
1: footsteps? Well, I, I hope that I'm sort of setting an example to them that it's, it's good to try things. And I think that's one thing I want them to do. I want them to try something and not live in regret. And it was interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine who doesn't work and has children the same sort of age. And um, and I was saying, I just feel so, I feel so guilty. I feel so guilty all the time that I feel like I'm a little bit snappy or stressed with them because I, you know, I need to go down and finish my emails because I go and pick my kids. I'm very lucky I go and get to drop them off every day and I get to pick them up every day. But come bedtime, if it extends a bit longer, I get a little bit stressed. And she was like, Gemma, I don't have a job, but I feel guilty every day for everything that I do. She was like, I think sometimes mother's guilt is just a thing. It doesn't matter if you work or you don't work, you will find something to feel guilty about. So if you're running a business or you're in the throes of it it starting, that little gremlin that's trying to make you feel guilty for doing that, try and give it a you know." To give it a bit of a push away because I think you'd feel that whatever you were doing and I think it's important to show our children that being brave, trying something, allowing an idea to percolate and then encouraging it to, to be something is really wonderful for them and great for their future.
0: I was looking at your Instagram and you were talking about inspiring young girls and I noticed you stocked this book called Strong is the New Pretty. Love that book, yeah. Which is an incredible looking book. I haven't read it. Showing examples of strength, curiosity, resilience, determination and happiness. Featuring girls showing pride in their hobbies, insight into their aspirations, images that inspire and girls that are confident. I'm definitely going to buy this book for my niece. What other ways do you think that we can inspire our young i mean show them as
1: much as you possibly can don't don't allow them to just see the box that school or the world is trying to put them into my my daughter reads that book religiously every every single night it's by a wonderful photographer called Kate T parker who's over in the states and she does one for boys as well actually um, the name of which i can't remember at the moment but if you sort of google her you'll find her and it's all about showing girls doing different things and there was one page my daughter turned over and it's this this little girl must have been about seven on a massive surfboard about to take the biggest wave ever and she went (gasps) I had no ideas girls can surf and you know when you think oh why don't you know that well I don't surf so I haven't shown her we haven't been to Cornwall I haven't taken her anywhere where people surf so no wonder she doesn't know that girls can surf and I think if you can I mean Dom is absolutely obsessed with YouTube he sort of um, watches videos of incredible women hula hooping or people making coffee and all this sort of stuff but it's been interesting watching him show the children things that they could do if they were interested in it and I think it's really important to encourage them to widen their landscape to more than just what is expected of them.
0: I couldn't agree more it's what what i hope to do on holly's entrepreneurs school is that idea of even reminding parents to do that you know the the accounts set up for parents and teachers but it's exactly that sharing books like that sharing the tools and the stimulus we can have at home and at school to how we can open their minds up and how they don't also feel like at home that we're on the same system or the database that we were on when we were meant to be librarians and um prison prison guards as well um what do you think the future holds for you what 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 goals or dreams do you still have for your business
1: i really want and this is just something i talk about every so often but i don't really understand how to how to make it come to fruition. fruition i really want to build a charity based on empowering girls either in sport or in education or in any way just to make sure that there's a really strong brand message that's got a really strong force behind it and i would love to use it in a way that really helps empower girls from a young age to realize their potential and just take a step forward into doing it
0: you know this podcast has this sort of magic do you do you have you heard about this (laughs) if you say it on the podcast it it normally comes true (laughs) there you go so someone is listening oh i the urge to
1: turn around and say can brad Pitt come to my front door is just far too strong (laughs)
0: Oh, my goodness. And finally, I end my interviews with the analogy that running your own small business is like being on this crazy roller coaster. What would you say has been one of your biggest lows whilst running this business? Um, I think probably what I spoke about before about not protecting
1: it as I should have done. Um, and it was a low, but it was a really incredible lesson. And actually, like with anything, you can go through quite a significant low, but it can just push you to feel more confident going forward. So you can switch it whichever way you want to. Did you
0: win? Yes, yeah. You did? Yeah. yeah. Do they still do it?
1: No, no. Yeah. But um, They were
0: taught a lesson?
1: Well, no, probably, probably not. I think they underestimated who they were up against. And I think that's the thing about Strong Girls Club. You can be underestimated, but pretty much we're all going to show them that we're all um, we're all
0: right, thanks. I love that. Don't underestimate us. And conversely, your greatest high, if you had to pick one? Um, My absolute biggest high,
1: which to the the end of my days, I will be completely thrilled with, is working with Tommy's The Baby Charity. Um, We do a special edition t-shirt. And for me, it was about I have I have something that this this Strong Girls Club is something and it has a really wonderful power. And there are so many people behind it that I really wanted to use it in order to raise money for Tommy. So in total, we've raised um, £18,000 for them since we've launched this T-shirt Amazing. in order to spread their message about um, helping women who are going through pregnancy or, or you know, uh, uh, pregnancy loss baby loss, premature births and working with a charity that has such heart and such incredible impact on families has been the biggest highlight of my life. Oh my
0: goodness that's just oh what businesses can give us huh Mm -hmm. that you just never would have expected ever Mm -hmm. you know take yourself back it's just so beautiful and tell me someone who's inspired you that maybe I could knock on their door and interview for this podcast well it's
1: quite difficult to interview yourself is it not which is quite that's a tricky thing so interview- I'd probably say you Oh no not me I mean that would how oh my gosh how egotistical would I have to be
0: I didn't but I was like we're we're empowering women here I was like we love ourselves don't we and I was like but I am interviewing you right now I mean you you, that's oh, me. hilarious. Well, that's a um, lovely thing. Like definitely.
1: no one's ever said me. Thank oh, you. honestly, but like I think what like what you do when you were saying before about not on the high street and how many um, you know women are part of the platform. I was like, I mean, you that didn't exist before, and you've given so many women through not on the high street the opportunity to try a business and to push it forward. And the small business community is something that I will always love. And you know, I was talking about Claire from Delicious Monster Tea before. Etta loves, there's so many, I mean, literally, if you go onto my account and go through everyone I follow, every single person who runs a business is just incredible. And I feel like if there's a way that you could record podcasts with Every single woman who has decided to start a brand or a business, I would be happy until the day I die. Oh, well,
0: that's such a lovely thing of you to say. (laughs) Thank you. I knew you'd be like you um, because you're pretty amazing and I really could talk to you all day long. And so many ideas have sprung up in my mind as we've been um, speaking because you, you truly have created something phenomenal. And... It was a thing that mm-hmm. you built, and it's so much more than a thing. It's an incredible, viable business that is doing good, and it's one of the future brands to look out for. And you're just glorious, and I just thank you're you so much. Awkward, but, but, but You know, you are so <laughs> far from a prison, I'm
1: terrified. <laughs> <You> <laughs> thanks, a prison I'm officer.
0: It, you, <laughs> you are not a prison officer. You are just a, an amazing human being, and I think your brand has the chance of going all the way, whatever that means. But but you know, it really is something incredible, and I wish you your dreams. You. And it's that time in the podcast where actually I hand over to you, where you're going to read a letter to your younger self, and I haven't seen it. And it's the time I put my he- my glasses on my head, and and say uh, over to you. Oh, thank you. Right, that's um, sorry. It's probably an
1: awful lot of rustling in the background, um, and I'm trying to breathe through it and be calm about it because my other half did turn around and say just read it like a horoscope it definitely sounds like a horoscope so just read it like one so that's what I'm going to try and do so dear Gemma first things first you do not like bananas this is very much okay and just walk away from any future planned attempts to consume them you are more than your dislike for that fruit Gemma you are important you are significant You have a voice, and that voice and the opinions that it carries are worth being heard. The world will pressure you to conform. It will ask things of you that will make you uncomfortable, uneasy, and not at all content. You do not have to fit into the boxes that are already created. At some point, you will have the confidence of self-worth to build your own box, to decorate it with all of the colours that please you, to unleash the inner magpie and appreciate that being you is actually all right, thank you very much. You will meet people along the way that will say unkind things to and about you. Remember this always. You cannot be friends with everyone, even though you might yearn to be. This is okay. But if anyone says anything to you with the intent of bringing you down, you have the right to protect the opinion that you have of yourself. The opinion that you have of you is of the utmost importance. You will go through experiences that will challenge, upset and possibly harm you. They do not define you, but they are a patchwork of you. Do not try to ignore them. This will do far more damage than good, believe you me. Never underestimate the power within the weakness that you may feel at times. Life can be scary, but know this. You are strong. One thing I've learnt is that your comfort zone isn't filled with a long list of comfort puddings that soothe your soul. It's not filled with apple crumbles and trifles, and it's not always where you should be. In fact, staying in this often perceived safe place can instead just feed the gremlin that sits on your shoulder and its whispers of the fear of failure. Say yes, wear that bikini, take that trip, try that job, kiss that boy, you are worth saying yes for. You deserve all of the things that come your way. If someone offers you an opportunity, they are not talking to the person behind you, they are talking to you. At times life will feel lonely, but I promise you will find your people You will feel less alone and you will feel more heard. You will find a purpose and you will grab that opportunity with both hands and by doing so not only give strength to the opinion that you have of yourself but of the opinion that others have of themselves too. You will have children. Don't believe them when they say that you won't. They will come. You will need a lot of vanish and you'll soon realise that one biscuit tin is not enough. The event of having them will shift you. But as I now know, out of difficulty and chaos comes opportunity, and they will bring you the opportunity to stand taller, to speak more kindly about yourself, and to encourage thousands of other women to do so too. You, those women, and your two little girls will show the world what it means to be a part of the Strong Girls Club.
0: Sorry, I get a bit emotional. Yeah, you are just yes you are a very very strong woman and um as i said when you were talking i had sort of had this little revelation myself and um that it's okay to be a little bit proud of yourself if you have gone through the hard times and you have this community and that's what you're doing to people every day what you did to me today and so Honestly, thank you so much. And um, I cannot wait to see what your strength does to us all. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you you so much. (laughs) Thanks, NatWest, again for sponsoring this podcast. It wouldn't exist without them. And I know how many small businesses this podcast is actually helping. It's great to partner with an organisation that believes in empowering business owners. To make use of their free NatWest Business Hub, which is full of information, tips and insights to help business owners meet their goals, go to natwestbusinesshub.com. Also, have you heard of their incredible mission to help 400,000 more women start a business by 2025? To help female founders launch and scale their business, they have launched Back Her Business, a programme which helps women prepare their business idea for crowdfunding. Now here's the best bit. Most of the funding will come from the crowd, where NatWest has teamed up with CrowdFunder. But the bank will provide a top-up in funding and will be offering up to 50% of an individual's fundraising target, capped at £5,000, for certain successful projects. Yes, you heard right. You could win the ability to have the amount you raised, if £5,000 or under, matched by NatWest. I wish I'd had this opportunity available when I launched Not On The High Street or even Holly & Co. Head to natwestbackerbusiness.co.uk to find out more. Also, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations of Inspiration. My mission is to help everyone build a business doing what they love. I've seen how happy founding a business based on your passions can make you and I want everyone to have that fulfilment. Happiness is the new rich and using your business as a force for good is the new way of doing commerce. So let's create a nation of happiness happy entrepreneurs that are changing the world for the better. Can I ask you a question? Might you help me on this mission? If you like what you've listened to, would you rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or your favourite podcast provider? It will help others find this podcast and may just be the inspiration they need to follow their dreams. Thanks so much. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown You will find that all the things that I have said Will come to when you are lying in your bed And if you want your friends to come Then bring them all.